Hey guys, Dan here. I hope you've enjoyed the Baldur's Gate 3 interviews. I've absolutely loved doing them over the last few months. I hope you enjoy today's one with Emma. Um, guys, if you have enjoyed them over the last few months, I would really appreciate it if you could go ahead and donate to the link in the description. I'm running a campaign over the next couple of months to help the fight against cancer. It's affected us all and I'm hoping to raise a bit of money over the next few months for them. Game on Cancer, Cure for Cancer here in Australia. They do a tremendous job. Shane and the team over there are phenomenal. So even a dollar, if everyone that watches this donates a dollar, I mean, we'd raise thousands. It would be incredible. It would go so far, guys. So please, if you could, I would really, really appreciate it. The link will be in the description and the pinned comment. If you've enjoyed any of the interviews over the last few months, this is would mean a lot to me if you could do that. But otherwise, guys, it's been a pleasure to do these interviews. There's more to come. Boris, the composer's coming on, a couple of guys from Pit Stop. We're working stuff out. So there's more to come. But, guys, it's been a pleasure. Enjoy my interview with Emma Gregory. Well, look who we have here. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, it is a pleasure. How are you? I am extremely well done thank you so much <laughs> and it's so nice to be here finally <laughs> i made it um we made it happen we made it happen it's a pleasure pleasure to meet you and and to talk today oh me too i i am um, i always ask this i've especially been asking this of all the cast just how are you feeling how's your reaction to all this i mean this is a crazy sort of fandom that's erupted from this game and the game is you know one of the highest rated games of all time at this point. So how are you feeling? Um, just, gosh, overwhelmed, I suppose. Um, I don't think any of us ever really expected, you know, we knew it was uh, an incredible thing to be part of, obviously, um, but I don't think any of us expected the kind of reaction that we've had. Um, and for me personally, it's just been phenomenal. Um, everyone's so kind and lovely on social media and um, the reception for Minthara has been phenomenal, absolutely wonderful. And I'm so pleased for Larry and I'm so pleased for everybody involved in this extraordinary game. It's sort of beyond everyone's dreams, I think, Dan. <laughs> You've done a lot of work in audiobooks, gaming, but, but when you're doing this project, was there something that sort of felt special about it when you were doing it? Or was it just another job? Or how did it feel? Because something went right, obviously. <laughs> no, it did, definitely didn't feel like just another job because I've been involved in it um, for such a long time, for a good three or four years. And at first I didn't know much about it because when you have a job like this, things are pretty sort of top secret, you know, obviously for phenomenal you know, for obvious reasons, but, um, um, so, and then as I sort of grew to know more about it and, and realized that I was going to be with this character for quite a long time, um, that makes it very special because you get to really delve into her and it was wonderful. The kind of, um, I, it feel, felt like a kind of dance that I had with Adam, my writer, where, we'd sort of test the waters a bit at the beginning and see what she's like and go down a certain path with her. And then for me, it was always more interesting to, rather than just play a sort of 
stone cold hard bitch, if I can say that word. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, to play her, that would be too one dimensional. Mm. So for me, it was more interesting to know her background. And obviously there's, there's information about House Bainray and who she is. And, um, and I, I always want to know why someone is like that. And her upbringing was so brutal, so, in, but happy as well. You know, she was happy. Um, <laughs> you know, but you know, when your mother puts a sword in your hand at five and goes, "Okay, fight for your life against me, your mother," um, that's that's uh, <laughs> quite <laughs> phenomenal. So I was really yeah. interested in 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 how in why she was like she was and then so Adam and I kind of did this dance of sort of experimenting with her a little bit um and finding where she could be vulnerable finding where she could be softer um gentle what is it you know the journey that she goes on in Baldur's Gate is one of discovery as all the characters have that journey and it's no less so for Minthara um it's quite easy to sort of write her off as this kind of, oh, the evil route, you know. But actually, I, I think um, Larian have been extraordinary in allowing myself and Adam to create someone who's much more interesting than that. Yes, she is brutal and awkward and ambitious and cunning and um, dangerous. Yeah, definitely. But she can also be soft and loving and I hesitate over the word kind, um, but <laughs> if you're in a relationship with her, yeah, you know, you meet different sides, and and so I was very. It it became wonderful, Dan, to live with a character for so long because that's quite unusual. Unless you're doing a TV series or you know a series of movies or something with, where you meet the same characters, um, that's that's quite unusual. Did the so word I, evil ever come up? Not really. No. Not really. I can't remember if it did within lines, uh, but we've never talked about it like that. No. No, because... <laughs> I never looked at her like that, you know. I just looked at her as someone who's in a lot of pain a lot of times um, and someone who is awkward and someone who um, hasn't really ventured out from the underdark that much, uh, apart from, as she says, to sort of raid and pillage it, but... Um, to be over, uh, what I find fascinating about her story is the fact that she was so kind of enthralled or fascinated or overtaken by the envoys who go to Menzoberans and, and and talk about the absolute and how she was taken with that and then leaves her city and Lolf and goes and pursues, for whatever reason, um, you know, um, the absolute and is, and then what happens to her at Moonrise Towers <clears throat> with Orin. And I just find that, I think that particularly when you, if you rescue Mintara, if you play that route, um, what you see is a character, I think, who was utterly gobsmacked that that happened to her and couldn't for the life of her fathom how that had happened and absolutely wants revenge on it but at the same time goes through this extraordinary journey in the game, like I say, as Larry and Adam have allowed me to do, which is just amazing, to find where she's perhaps learning how to trust companions, learning how to build relationships, learning how to love. And that's uh, that's phenomenal. 
Did you, so did you bring a little bit of playfulness yourself onto the character or was that always there? Cause there's, there's this incredible dynamic range that you have where you, this nuances to this character where there's some playfulness, but there's also, as you said, that there's a bit of coldness and is that something that was always there or is that the discovery process? I think it's just something that, that I couldn't pinpoint it, Dan, but I, I, it's something that Adam and I sort of discovered in each other as we went along. So I would play a line in a certain way that would maybe then give him an idea of, oh, hang on a minute. And Larian would think, oh, well, why don't we take the character this way, actually, on this particular journey with this particular companion or something, player. Um, and, um, and, uh, and, and then I would, and so he would, it would give Adam confidence to write in a certain way. And then I would go, oh, wow, that's amazing. He's gone down that route. So I think it was a bit of, I think Adam would agree. It was a definite sort of relationship that we had in, in inspiring each other, I suppose. And how yeah. did you find the actual, uh, the process of motion capture? Um, <clears throat> I found it really difficult at first, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a long time ago. Um, that um, was five, four or five years ago now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's amazing. But it's um, <clears throat> you would do um, sessions in sort of blocks of sort of four or five hours, which is actually, it, it's really exhausting because, um, but great fun and absolutely fascinating because you sort mm. of see yourself in the suit with all the sensors on and, and then you see an avatar of, of you and, and and so you can see what, what movements you're doing and you're having to really learn a technique and you've got a movement director with you um, in the studio with the the voice director um, and, yep. you know, at this point I give a massive shout out to everyone at Pit Stop because they were just an amazing team to work with. I think Larry and Pitstop have a beautiful relationship going. And uh, and so they made it as, you know, joyful and fun and very, very supportive, really educating you on it and supporting you with it. And so at first it felt quite odd um, because you're, we always wanted Minthara to be quite sort of small in her movements, um, apart from obviously when she's in battle and stuff. But, um, yeah. So I found it you're having to remember things like what's called a base pose, where after you've delivered a line, and don't forget you're on your own in the studio. You're not with anybody else in the studio. Well, that's what I, I find know. the hardest part of this process. Yeah, yeah. you're you're you're, ha- you're on your own with all this stuff. So mm. so you're having to act, imagine, um, and also remember with the mocap to come back to things like base pose, which is after a section that you've recorded, you must sort of it's almost like neutralizing your body so that when they're animating it and, and, and cutting between lines and scenes and characters, they can cut easily. Um, otherwise, yeah. sort of, if you're in mid gesture, it wouldn't kind of work. And then you've got other things like doing kind of both hands raised, like we might, as I'm talking now, it doesn't quite work so well on mocap. It just doesn't read as well. So, so while you're in the studio on a long session, you're having to think about all of these technical things as well as the character. And that's that's really exhausting and really challenging. And um, but but a, a wonderful challenge. And I, I feel much more fluid with it now, obviously, because I've had quite a long time <laughs> doing it. But um but I once you sort of let go of that technique and and just trust that you know and you've got the movement there, the movement director there who's who's helping you. And reminding you of certain things now and then, 
you're just free to play, really, um, free to play her physically. And I suppose it was easier for me than maybe some of the other characters, perhaps, because um, for me, Minthara is with the kind of person, creature, being that she is, um, is very bound. So I wanted to explore physically the difference between her under the influence of the absolute and then the journey that she goes on in the rest of the game and how she's freed from that and explore that physically. So at first, the movements are quite small, but it can, you know, the mocap can detect everything. It's very uh, sensitive. And, mm. um, but for me, she's quite a bound character. And um, that was quite, that was exhausting as well, holding somebody quite rigid. And then that sort of became slightly freer as the journey of the character proceeded. Yeah, the real challenge mocap, but great fun. And actually makes you quite aware as an actor of what you do physically and how things read. So they I gave enjoyed. you actual direction on movements? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But only in terms of not, not sort of, why doesn't Minthara do this? It's not mm. like that. It, it's, it's about them. It's about the movement directors make sure that it reads properly in mocap, that it's as interesting as it can be because they know what it's going to look like in the animation. So they're looking at it technically, whether as you're looking, looking at it from a character yeah, point of view. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, I mean, it's it's a process where you work together on something or they might say, you know, actually on that line, why don't you try this gesture or something like that? Because that would read like that, you know. And um, so it's it's a real process. And as I say, Pit Stop was so wonderful to work with. All the directors, you know, Josh, Beth, Adrian, Fraser, Kirsty, they were all, and the behind the scenes guys, a phenomenal team that they have at Pit Stop. Um, because you've got, you know, somebody doing sounds because you're mic'd up, somebody looking after the mocap. So Ben and Mike and Eros and all the all the all the people at Pit Stop. <laughs> There's a lot. Yeah. yeah, but you know, I don't think they get enough of a shout out, you know, and, and so it's mm. nice. In interviews like this to sort of give them a, a mention because um it's not just you know larian and the actors it's and it, it's um it's everybody it's everybody right down to the person who's putting on your mic pack you know and yeah. and looking after the quality of that and so you know larian got a fantastic team together with absolutely everybody involved yeah, I'm actually going to be speaking to a couple of the guys from Pit Stop, so that'll oh, be well, that's, that'll be great. That's yeah, yeah. Um, I'm wondering, you know, as you said, you've been with this character for four years or so. She must be a part of you now. I mean, you must be able to you must be able to switch her on like that, yeah, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of I, there wasn't anything that I particularly did. I don't think to get to to get into her before a session. You, if your train was running late, then you could kind of channel that <laughs> anger into it. That, that was pretty easy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think for, I, I, I love her, you know. I, I love her and um, because I think she's a really rounded, wonderful character who has an awful lot to give, actually. And so I'm very protective of her and she's she's a she will always be a very dear to my heart and a, a, a great part uh, of me 
yes, you get to know someone so you know the way they think and it was quite easy to kind of switch into her, particularly in sort of more recent sessions when, before we finished the game this year. I, I love her. I love all the sides of who she is. And I'm I'm curious, if this was the last time you portrayed her, would you be okay with that? You know, if this no. was it? I know, I know. All the actors say that to me, you know, they want to do more, <laughs> you know. Oh, my God. I, I mean, yeah. We yeah. Were, you know, gosh, you, you, you see all these characters, Dan, are, are gifts, aren't they? You know, mm. they're. They're people that they they're creatures where that and it's a world that there are endless possibilities with. That's what's wonderful about D and D and all of the great fantasy worlds is there's just endless realms and possibilities to go into. So I mean, if there was ever an opportunity to keep being with her, for sure we'd all jump at it. You know, mm. be with our characters because they're wonderful. Interesting to see what happens to them. <laughs> <laughs> where where would you take her story? Do you have ideas in your own head? Is that something you workshop in your own own head at all? You go, oh, she could go here or it could happen. Well, one thing I really do love about the journey that Minthara's gone on is exploring her relationships. So that's what's great about the romance scenes, for example. Um is watching how Minthara builds a relationship with someone like Karlak, for example, and where that takes her, you know, that's it's heartbreaking for her is one option. Um, or, yep. or any of the romantic scenes that she builds with people, where she's really for the first time, I think, um, exploring what that means, exploring trust, exploring companionship, things she's never been through before. And and um or, or is very, you know, awkward about normally, but actually gives herself to it. So that makes, again, her much more interesting, much more three-dimensional, not just an evil character where, you know, you have to do this and, and be bad. You know, there's there's mm. there's redemption in, in, in everything, I think. And um, perhaps. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's debatable. Um, but that there is in her and... Um, and so I think it would be really interesting to explore where those relationships, all the companions' relationships go next. And if they, you know, explore maybe the Underdark for a bit, uh, you know, that would be really cool. I, it's all I, together, a merry band of fighters <laughs> off to explore the Underdark. I don't know. Was there going to be something with pregnancy or something I read somewhere? Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, yeah, that that came into it at one point. That was pretty weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't really expand on it, but but we didn't explore it that much. But didn't yeah. work. Not sure. You'd have to you'd have to ask the writers. Yeah, I don't. I'll, yeah, I can't have to ask. That one. No, that's all right. Yeah. So you've been doing this for over thirty years. I mean, and, and you you <laughs> you always. Really old dan <laughs> and i was gonna say and you're still only in your 30s um so but <laughs> that's not true thanks <laughs> the um you always knew you wanted to do this right didn't you yeah i did i've always how did you know um um yes i <laughs> i i've always known um since i was quite little that i wanted to do and i sort of set myself a plan really to sort of you know do school and college and then go to drama school and then go out and work in it. And that's exactly what I did. I was incredibly lucky um, to do that. I had a really um, wonderfully supportive family 
who have always, always championed me all along the way. My dad's an actor, so, you know, I would oh, go nice. to... I'd go to rehearsals with him after school every day and and watch people working and and get to know a lot of fabulous writers and texts early on, like Shakespeare, J.B. Priestley, Noel Coward. So I had a really good education in theatre is my main background, um, really, and radio too. Um, and voiceover, um, but um, and audio, so, yeah, and, and, and audio. And okay, <laughs> um, but yeah, working with voice and 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 theatre is has been the bulk of my my career, and I've I've loved every moment of it. I've had the most incredible opportunities, which I'm really grateful for. I know that sounds very actory, but it really is oh. true. But I've really, really enjoyed my career so far, and I'm still enjoying it. And this has just taken it to, you know, a really different experience again. So that's that's I'm very, very lucky. But I I I, I was lucky enough to go to drama school, train for three years, and then I went straight to the BBC because um, I was lucky enough to win the Carlton Hobbs Award, which is an award the BBC give to drama school leavers. Um, uh, every year and I did that for seven months so I, I got a really great training if you like thrown in at the deep end mm. working with the most phenomenal people you know that it would take you 10-20 years to work with in theatre or film. So that kind um, of propelled you that award? It, it Yeah well it gave me just brilliant opportunities to just mm. work and work and work um, for the BBC and learn from people you know I, I was lucky enough to work with Peggy Ashcroft and Paul Schofield and and Bob Hoskins and amazing people who are sadly no longer with us but when you're learning from people like that you know you're learning from the best and um so I was I've been very lucky to kind of sort of bridge a gap really between that sort of old world of theatre and the modern world and so I think that's why I'm really enjoying my career because I've sort of had the best of all of it really that's how I feel and um I'm yeah. really really grateful and I um you know I then went on to the Royal Shakespeare Company and things like that I had a fantastic time again learning from so many people there and did that for two and a half years and went on tour all over the world with that and you know just had brilliant experiences and then more and more and more theatre and radio and voiceover as we go along so yeah I've been very Lucky bits of telly here and there. And I've, I've had a good time. <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Only just yeah. beginning. Yeah. Only <laughs> just beginning. Yeah. Is there anything your, your dad taught you that you maybe brought into your role in Boulder's Gate about acting or that you still keep with you? Um, that's a really interesting question. Um, I think... I think to always be truthful in the work, always be truthful in the work. So I always, with characters, um, and that's what I was lucky enough to learn, you know, with, that's what we were taught with drama school as well. I had some great mentors at drama school along with my dad and my family. Um, I had amazing teachers like Brian Asprey, who was extraordinary, um, Andrew Jack, uh, people who have done great work in theatre and film. And I think that's the main thing is to be 
is to be honest in the work, to be truthful in it, to find the reality of the character. It doesn't matter if they're evil, doesn't matter who they are. You find the three dimension of them, find, find their soul if you can, which again sounds very actory, but, but that's our job. That's our job. We're meant to hold a mirror up to the, to the world. As Shakespeare says, all the world's a stage, all the men and women merely players. So art is meant to hold a mirror up to society and it's our job to do that truthfully in whoever you're playing, whoever you're playing to bet to the best of your ability. So I think um, for me, that's why I say for me, you know, I want to get to the, the truth of who Minthara is. It'd be very easy to just bark a voice out or, you know, I think that's what I love about the way the gaming industry is going is that it's so cinematic. It's so real. It's, it's, you know, and that's the great thing about Larian is they use real actors. You know, it's not just a, this stuff is not just a funny voice. You know, this, it doesn't matter that it's It's not voice acting. Let's just put it. It's, it's acting. It's art. Yeah. Yeah, It's acting. So you're playing whoever it is again, the same with Warhammer or age of Sigma, you know, you're, or, I do Stephen Erickson's books as well. You'll you you'll do it. You gotta be real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You gotta make it live because in voiceover there's a great um adage which is if I see it, you'll see it. And it's very, very true. I learned it big time in radio because radio to me is probably the most visual medium there is in many respects, because all I need is me, a microphone and a script. And I can take you to any dimension, realm, time, atmosphere, planet, whatever. Just That's need the imagination, need. don't you? Yeah. Just play on the audience's imagination. And that yeah. is the best set designer, the best costume designer, the best lighting, the best. Do you see what I mean? Mm. And that's not to disrespect the other genres, but it's um, it's really fascinating. And so you, you always must remember that. So in the mocap studio, Pit Stop, for example, and you're on your own with just the director in the booth next to you and the mo- the uh, movement director mm. and the, the all the tech guys and gals and a bunch and, of walls and a bunch of walls <laughs> and Karen. and yeah. you've got to really trust that you know who your character is and that you can really see um where you are and who you're speaking to and that again is what so fantastic about Larian and Pitstop is that they allow you to really play and you feel really held and supported. Again, that sounds very sort of worthy, but it's really true as an actor. You need to feel, particularly when you're doing this sort of stuff, where you're going into, you know, <laughs> just other worlds, <laughs> you, yeah. you need to feel that you can play and that you're, if you, if you, if it's not quite right, you're okay. You're okay. And we'll go, right, no problem. We'll do it again. You know, do that. So, um, and also the freedom that Larian and Pitstop give you to do that, you know, to to muck around with stuff, and um, but also they're really great at saying this is the storyline, so this is what we would like here, this is what we're aiming for, this is what we need. They really help you to create it, and I mean Pitstop, the directors of Pitstop are phenomenal at holding the whole game in their head. I'm like, oh. You know, because don't forget, over a long period of time, you're not there the whole time as the actor. You know, you might do like a session in January, and then you don't do another one till April. Well, I was going to say, how does that? How do you find that? Because that's that's tricky. I would have thought. Um, well, it isn't tricky when when you've got great directors like you have a right. pit stop because they can go. Remember, we did this last time, and I and she. She is so with me anyway, Minthara, that, um, and I got to, you know, 
that's the advantage of doing it over a long period of time is you get to know more and more and more about her. And, and as I say, I was having this kind of extraordinary actor-writer relationship with Adam where we were going in this amazing direction. Um, and so the directors were able to say, and here we did this and you're speaking to this and this is what's just happened and this is what's about to happen. So they put you right in the centre of it and you're okay. You just snap back into it. But you've got to know who she is, yeah, who you're playing. So you feel like the audio book work sort of, you know, the Warhammers and the fantasy worlds you've you've lived and breathed in helped with this world? Um, that's interesting. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily helped, but I, I really love doing all this stuff. I, I, <laughs> I've had some of my most favourite times working for Games Workshop. Um, yeah, I think right. they're a wonderful company and, um, and, um, and I'm really grateful to Larian for bringing me into the games uh, side of things because I, I started with them with Divinity Original Sin. and That was your and, first uh, game, yeah. Yeah. I really love, I, I suppose I love the epicness. <laughs> of, of So do I. Don't you worry. And, and, and <laughs> yes, I, actually you're right. Um, all the experience that I've had for years working for Games Workshop in Warhammer and Sigmar playing things like Celestine, the living saint, you know, where you're playing a, a saint, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love, I love. A grand character. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, it's incredible. So yes, that did prepare me. It did. It prepares you. It kind of oils the wheels of your imagination where you go, you know, you have to, as an actor, if you're going to do this stuff, you've got to be bold. It's much better to go further and be bold and be pulled back by the director than be sort of timid and, and sort of naturalistic mumbling about it, which I can't stand. You know, um, mm. get up, do it, you know, live it, breathe it. Because then this is particularly true on a microphone because there's a, a sort of, again, another adage, <laughs> particularly in, in mic work, where you need to sort of have 10% more so that it really lands through the microphone. And I really, really think that's true in mocap and game work. And that's not to say that you can't be subtle either, because of course you can, because everything's so sensitive. The mics are fabulous. The mocap's fabulous. It picks up the slightest thing. So you can, but you've got to play that range. You know, you, you, you can't be frightened of battle scenes. You've got to find the big voice. You've got to go for it. You know, you've got to command, <laughs> you know. Even if you're playing, you know, sort of, you know, goblin in a tavern, you know, you've got to go there. <laughs> Have you played there. a goblin in a tavern? I yeah, probably. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I think I played a talking chicken for Larian. I think oh, I can't Did you? Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> you know, wolves, uh, trees yeah. or something. Anyway, um, but just brilliant. Allowing to getting to play like that is amazing. I know you love podcasts as well. What sort of podcasts are you you listening to? In How the... do you know I love podcasts? <laughs> oh, I just I know things. The um, <laughs> the what what sort of podcasts are you listening to? Fantasy stuff or more grounded, realistic? No, no do you know what I'm really fascinated in? Mm. Actually, quite ironically, I'm really fascinated in cults. Ooh, so is my girlfriend. Yeah. 
I think they are fascinating. I, I, I'm really, this is a big shout out to them, actually. I'm absolutely loving a little bit culty with Nippy and um, Sarah Edmondson on the whole Nexium thing, you know, the Nexium cult. No, I don't. What is it? Oh, my gosh. There's <laughs> this extraordinary cult in America. Um, it doesn't exist anymore because those two helped blow the whistle on the whole thing along with um, someone called Mark Vicente. Oh, was and that I'm over COVID that they blew or was that before? Before, before COVID. Oh, okay. But okay. they're still sort of, you know, they're still in the aftermath of it all. And um, ah. But the guy who led it, he went to jail in 2020, I think it was last year, for 120 years for oh just the most horrendous stuff going on um but they did a documentary i don't know if you've seen it in australia then called the vow it was i've heard of it yeah i've heard of it yeah yeah well fascinating and so i became very fascinated with that i don't know why but i i yeah so i quite like podcasts on cults and um, (laughs) crime all the dark things just like mintara but i also now i know why you play I also love um I also love Smartless with Jason Bateman. Oh, I was watching that the other day. Brilliant. Very just, funny. Yeah. Just delightful. They're absolutely wonderful to listen to. And there's also a great one at the moment that I love. Let me just find it. Called Heavyweight. Okay. Which is just brilliant with this this incredible journalist is just um finding stories just going around sort of helping people yeah what's his oh. name is it John, jonathan goldstein i think it is his name and he's just extraordinary takes on people's stories or plights and goes around and sort of helps them like for example if you had a relationship you know um with someone when you were 15 and then it ended awkwardly but you've always felt guilty for the rest of your life about how it ended and you want to sort of make amends for that he'll kind of find the person and set up a kind of you know meeting with them and just just the, the but the way the podcast is produced is just um really beautiful so yeah i, I like podcasts you're right <laughs> <laughs> i i feel like going back to acting i feel like a lot of the actors i speak to are very sensitive souls and i feel like is that just a coincidence or do you feel like that there's something there with the sensitivity and, and acting yeah, definitely. That's one of the things I could relate to with Mintharan. Mm-hmm. I'm very sensitive. <laughs> As I know, my friends and family will tell you. Um, and um, I don't know why. Uh, I, I just am. So I think I, yeah, I think actors um, actors feel things yeah, quite deeply. Whether they let you know that or not is another matter. Yeah. So how do you deal with criticism or or positive not very well, feedback? No, <laughs> no? Um, not very well. Um, uh, I think I've got a lot better. I think age, um, for me personally speaking, I got a lot better uh, at dealing yeah. with things like that. I think uh, I think as a young actor, it, you can get very sensitive about it because you know, as a young actor, you want to do well. You want people to like you. You want you want to get more work. You want to succeed in what you want to do and um but after you become i wouldn't say jaded at all but after you've had experience um of you know not getting work or periods of unemployment or doing lots of successful work um you kind of 
you kind of accept that that it's the world's okay. You know, that's just their opinion. Who gives a shit? You know, get on with your work. The work is the most important thing and that you are enjoying what you're doing. You're enjoying playing. You're giving the art to the people. You're serving the writer. You're serving the company you're working for. That's the most important thing. What anybody else thinks of it, um, certainly, <laughs> no disrespect to you, Dan, but from a journalistic point of view, it, it you know, try not to let that affect you because um, it's sort of really a little bit irrelevant to the work, really. Fan reaction is incredibly important. And obviously it's wonderful if reviews are lovely and people really are enjoying it, like what's happening with Baldur's Gate. Yeah. But I think it's a bit, it, it's because um, it, you're putting your soul on the line, you know, in this stuff. You, you, like I say, you're holding a mirror up to humanity, but it's you who's going through that. You know, you're, you're, it's like you're serving, serving the community. Well, that's what I mean. It. How do you not take it personal when a character is so personal to you, you know? Yeah, yeah mm. it's hard. Not that and you've I mean, had to experience any of this. I mean, it's all glowing reviews. For Minthara yeah. and Borders Gate, I mean, no, it's been, and that is absolutely wonderful, and I'm I'm really really grateful uh, for that. But I still get a little bit kind of, you know, uh, how do you not get a big head after all these <laughs> comments? Seriously, I, uh, I don't it know. Makes it you just feel good, but you can't, you can't, <laughs> you can't, man, because you, it, otherwise that all that sort of stuff just consumes you, and it's there's no. That actually really dampens your creativity to walk around thinking like that. It's nice to have praise, of course, but you've always got to keep humble and open, always. I agree. Certainly as an actor, because yeah. otherwise you're not going to focus on all the other bits of work you're doing and, 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 and things like that. Nobody wants to hear that kind of stuff, no, I, I, in my opinion. Anyway. But I think, um, yeah, yeah I, I was going to say something and I've just forgotten what it was. But anyway, it doesn't matter. That's all right. Ask me something. Like that. <laughs> Well, here's a funny one. If I say clowns, what's your response <laughs> to that word? What is this fascination <laughs> with this whole clowns thing? <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, why? Why Can you tell me why everybody's so fascinated? Uh, yeah, it's just one of those things, isn't it, that yeah. all these different things break out from games sort of in kind of in jokes or so i guess it's just one of those memes or it's all good it's all fun and i've loved i've loved everybody's take on things or memes or little videos or and the fan art the fan art has been phenomenal the way people have just taken that um but the the clown thing with our faces painted it's an in-game thing it's you can do it yeah. to the characters yeah 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 uh, it's 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 delightful it's fun <laughs> and and her her brilliant sense of humor and you know I'd i think that. my actual question emma was i didn't give you a question there my actual question is what do you think of clowns are you because i'm kind of scared of them i don't like them <laughs> okay no we i find them really i find them Clowns work for me when they're in a horror context, which yes. is why I adore, yes. I adore it, for example. And I Great was film. really a bit kind of like, mm, not sure about this when, when I saw the remake. And then I was absolutely blown away with it because I'm a big Tim Curry fan. So I always loved the original it. But then the remake was just fantastic. One and two, I thought. 
um, because that for me is a clown. Clowns are scary. <laughs> a load of grief off clowns now. <laughs> I never really understand clowns. I, I think that's what it is as well. I don't. Well, they're not funny. That's the problem. <laughs> they're creepy. I find they're them creepy. creepy, not funny. So. So when they do sort of gag kind of falling over things and I'd, i've never found that particularly no i find it uneasy that's what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah so um oh. so yeah that clown makeup on us look makes us look a bit kind of spooky yeah i going to <laughs> it i i didn't like the second one as much i think it went too crazy for me i really like the first one yeah the second one is a bit i don't know I have to watch it again. It's been a while. I guess it is. It's nearly Halloween. Might be a good movie. Nearly Halloween. Give it another go. I think yeah. I really loved the fact that um, is it Alexander Skarsgård? Uh his who, brother. Yeah, his brother. Phenomenal. Bill. Bill. It's Bill. Yeah. He's phenomenal in it. I think what I liked about Tim's version of it, Tim Curry's version, is it's all character, real, you know, mm. and then. Innocent looking clown thing. And then what I loved about what Bill did was he had all of that character, but they really went to town on on people's, like we're saying, people's visions of what clowns are like when they're scary. And I think it just worked really, really well. I thought it was great. And then I'm a big Stephen King fan. So Oh, Steve, we could go on about Stephen <laughs> King for a while. Yeah. So yeah. with 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 the audio book work that you've done um can you can you talk me through the warhammer experience because a lot of people love your work on that in particular that came up a lot and i'm wondering what you remember from that experience and is it a bit of an ego boost to play all these characters because i imagine (laughs) it would be (laughs) they give you that much faith you know um yeah that's a really nice point actually they do give you a lot of faith and that's again i'm really honored um actually yeah um but for me i'm i'm incredibly fond of the whole warhammer sigmar community i love them i love games workshop all the all the all the people there are very dear to my heart um and i have had the opportunity to play some really big major characters like celestine you know sisters of battle all that sort of thing um Mm. I'm incredibly fond of that world and very excited whenever I get to to do the books and all the writers, you know, Gav Thorpe and Andy Clark and all all of them are and James and everyone, they're all they're all extraordinary writers. Their imaginations are just something else. To be able to just create the level of detail they do right down to the sort of nuts and bolts on a ship, you know, and just the descriptions of stuff. Um, so, but again, I don't know. I seem to get, I, I seem to just really take to it like a duck to water when I was first given the opportunity to be part of it. Because in when I first started, they did a lot of audio dramas. So I went in as, a, as an audio actor, um, you know, in a sort of almost like a radio capacity. And yeah. we did loads of those, and, 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 and they always get, like Larry and do, a really wonderful bunch of actors together who are all willing to play and really give, you know. And um, and it's really noticeable if somebody comes in and they don't, you know. Oh, or really? You kind of want to take them under your wing and go, yeah, come on, <laughs> come for the ride. <laughs> you know, yeah. 
and 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 you watch people kind of go oh oh is it okay to step off the cliff and just go wow you know be massive and you go yeah it is that's what you need to do when we're fighting and we're told by the audio director there's there's thousands of people in this battle they're all in front of you waiting for your command you've got to go for it yeah. um you got to do it and so um it's been lovely to watch people uh learn um, on those sorts of jobs actually and, and and be bold and brave with it um so i yeah i feel and with celestine we did that as a big audio drama as well um although i've done the audio books of her too and yeah i i love the challenge i seem to just really get into finding lots and lots of different voices and really pushing yourself and how far you can do, not that it should ever be a silly, funny voice, but how far you can be kind of non-human. <laughs> Did yeah. I hear that you that you colour code different characters to get, give I them do, a certain yeah. mood? Yeah, all your information from. Um, <laughs> yes, I do. I like to um, colour code the characters uh, because as soon as I... When if you're if you've got a a page of dialogue where there's eight different characters talking to each other, um, for me I initial them in a in a specific color that I think describes their character. If that yeah. makes sense. So if somebody is sort of dark of soul and quite brooding, I'm depending on what they're like. If they're if they're quite uptight and vicious, I might use like a dark grey or a black or a, a dark brown or a you know, or if they're kind of um quite brilliant and passionate with that, I might use a red, you know, but but what I'm saying is that as soon as I see that initial and that colour, I can switch into the voice immediately so that I can record that dialogue in one go. Otherwise it would be, you know, you'd be there all day if you sort of recorded one line and then stopped and then recorded another, be an engineer's nightmare to edit it together. So you have to, as an audiobook reader, really prep the material so well that you know the story very well and you know exactly what you're going to do vocally with the characters. And so techniques like that, like colour coding, for me, really help me to just keep that flow and switch from one to the other. This might sound silly, but do you get to actually take in the story of it all? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, the way I prep books is I read the story for pleasure first. Oh, um, wow. To, to, when you get sent it, I read it to find out what it's about and to enjoy it and to to check out the story, to take the story on board into me. That's great. And, um, and then as I'm going along, I'll note down if there's any accents that need to be worked on, if there's any really complicated words. I won't linger on them at the time I'm first reading it through. I'll just circle them just to check definitions, that kind of thing, making sure that pronunciation is right. Um, and, and your producer helps with things like that, but really I think it's up to the actor to take that responsibility. When you're prepping the work, you don't have it done for you, you do it. Mm. So Because then when you do it, you can digest it. You can digest what the writer is is saying and, and wanting from you. And, um, and, I, and I also think it's um, the, our responsibility to make sure that you give the writer you know, you do justice to the writer's work because lots of writers, they don't write books to be read out loud. They write them for us to read. And so narrators have to really get inside the book and, and make it live and breathe for people and be imaginative with it. 
but also it's not a radio play, you know, and it's not theatre. So there's all sorts of techniques where you don't want to go too far with something. And then with some books, like with Games Workshop stuff, you, you've got to be big and bold. Um, so it depends what the writer's writing. What about but the yeah. challenging scenes? Do you note them off? And in particular with with Boulder's Gate, I know you probably don't get the script in advance for Boulder's Gate, do you? So you kind of have to tackle it on the day? Or... You, you you do get the script uh, um, maybe the day before or a few days before, but okay. you kind of familiarise yourself with the lines and what they look like, but you might not know the context of it. Um, you get a kind of spreadsheet of lines. And, and also those lines are very different because they're not in strictly, you know, in dialogue with somebody. Um, you can see the person's cue line, but you can't, you, you know, you're not going to be in a studio with them, as I've said. But for Baldur's Gate, I would always make sure that I asked the director exactly, <laughs> exactly where we were going on. And and they, they, because you build a relationship over time with people. So we all built relationships that were very close with everyone at Pit Stop, you know and um and larry and so if you need context they give you context but in audiobook work all the context is there for you so it's up to you to get inside it and bring it alive honoring uh, the right <laughs> yeah last no, one not- on audiobooks are there any that you've done that you would rec- go recommend like from from the work you've done all of them no um well, all of them, definitely all of them. But if you had to pick a couple, <laughs> this is a selfish one for me because I'm I'm getting into audiobooks now as well. So I, I it depends what to. you like. I mean, I do so many different genres. So I do a lot of horror. I do a lot of crime. Horror. Um, a lot of historical stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you know, I've done everything from Devil Land, which is all about the Stuart Dynasty, um, 1600s Britain. Um, oh or, wow. You know, I've I've done lots of crime, lots of horror, so it yeah, and lots of fantasy. So it depends what you like. If you like fantasy, you could try maybe The God Is Not Willing by Stephen Erickson, for example. Okay. It just depends what you like. Have a look and choose one, Dan. <laughs> Let's get to some fan questions. Um, how much did you know about the Drow Society and law when you first started uh, on Boulder's Gate, Emma? Um, I had to go and research it and find out. And there's so much stuff online about it. So that was an amazing read, particularly about House Bainry and uh, particularly about Minthara and her family. So not a lot. You've got to go and research this stuff and find out. And also particularly when you're doing an established world like D&D, you must find out about things because you need, you know, you need to bring that into your performance because fans will expect that. And that's quite right. How do you think you'd go with D and D? I I would love to have a go. At, I, I was I felt really um, a bit sad that we didn't get to do the uh, the role playing thing. I, know, I, know I wish that, you were in you know, it. I really do. Time and time and and space and all of that. I totally appreciate yeah. that. But um, I would love it if there was another opportunity with all sort of ten of us, or you know, um, nine ten of us. Um, well, in other words, a lot more of us. <laughs> whoever that, was. Um, yeah. that would be really cool. I, I I do like role playing. I haven't done very much of it, um, but I once um, used to play Call of Cthulhu with friends, 
What's um, that? Long time. Call of Cthulhu is H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, of course. And, Sorry. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The yeah. best horror stories oh. ever. H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft is awesome. Uh, must That'd be, be a made on Stephen King, actually. I mean, he must be. He must have influenced everybody. Um, so Cthulhu is in the world of Lovecraft. And yep. that's awesome. But that's, that's, I'm not, I haven't played a lot of games on, on PC, uh, online or whatever. Um, but yeah, I just like being in them. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you're not, you're not a gamer, are you? So you haven't really played Baldur's Gate, but you've probably watched the scenes on YouTube, I'm guessing. I, I haven't yet, Dan. Oh, you haven't? I'm going to. I ha- haven't no, no, I haven't played Baldur's oh, Gate. Oh, sorry. But I'm going to play Baldur's Gate. Oh, you are. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because um, I'm really fascinated by the games industry and how it's going. Like I say, it's particularly with this game is just like a little movie. You know, it's, you know, the cinematics are astonishing. It's astonishing to look at. So all the bits that I've looked at online, I've been so drawn into it and wonderful to see how everybody else looks. Characters that you may not have met or, or, or seen, you know, the actors, I've, I've not met them in real life, etc. It just looks just so delicious. So I would actually really love to play it. And I think that can get really right. Um, I can't speak for other games companies, but but definitely for Larian. Um, what I love about them is the level of detail they go into. So you can have two of the sort of main characters in a scene talking, you know, on a close-up shot. But in the background, you'll see, you know, people walking around or somebody shopping or somebody leading some cattle through or somebody going, oh, you know. And I love all of that. I just think their level of detail is extraordinary. And it just looks so sumptuous, the game. And the music (laughs) is beautiful. But to think of those shots, it looks like a movie. You're watching a movie. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, someone told me how many cutscenes are in there, but it's extraordinary the amount of cutscenes. A lot. Scenes. Of hours, oh, a lot. It's unbelievable, really. It's gorgeous. So I would very much like to play Baldur's Gate, and um, and I, I I also really enjoyed the the televised version of um, The Last of Us, and, and oh, I've yeah. seen I've seen some of. Um, some of the game and i'd really like to play that so i'm really getting actually thinking are you getting into it i'm getting into it (laughs) i I would like to play do you know what i mean i'd like to play now as a player so would Um, you would you stream or anything like that or would you do it privately i don't know about that i i think there i'm so in awe of um quite a few of the origin actors (laughs) how kind of (laughs) agenda up they are on all of this they're just amazing you know because they are gamers um, some of them, and um, yeah, you know, like Neil and 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 Sam and Amelia, and they're they're just phenomenal in their knowledge of they've got the speak, you know. And uh, I kind of feel a little bit out of my depth with stuff like that at the moment. But then, no, you're good. I was employed as a gamer. I was employed as an actor, so that's cool too. Um, as we all were, I, I would like to be part of the world now. So yeah. I'm going to have a go. Well, good luck. If you need any help, let me know. It is a tough game. It's not the easiest game to dive into. Yeah, it looks (laughs) difficult, but there's enough information out there. I mean, it's just beginner's guides and all of that. And I'll ask some of the cast as well, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, actually. 
What was your favorite voice line or scene to record? That one always comes up every interview, but I guess what are there any that stand out? Let's let's say that that you remember shooting. Yeah, I really um I love all the sort of the the joke stuff like in the clowning scene, you know, with, you know, it was a beautiful webbing, those kind of jokes. I, I love yeah. all of that. And I love, you know, yeah. goblin trash and I those wonderful sort of incredible lines, <laughs> you know, when would you ever get to say things like that? Um but I not often, I, really, not often. <laughs> <laughs> I really love um after she's rescued from Moonrise, when she's talking to the player about what she experienced with Orin, I love I love that scene. I love how heartfelt she is and the fact that if she hadn't been rescued and hadn't been sort of taken on board, um, that nobody would remember her. And that, that whole arc of her story, I think, is really beautiful. And, um, and I love... In fact, I, I, in fact, I wrote it down. There's a, there's a. I love it when she is explaining who she is. One of her lines was, "Yeah, um, my house trained me to be a soldier in Lull's service, and my mother showed me how to survive the perils of society. She taught me to be resilient and to go and to guard my heart from those who cannot be trusted, literally and figuratively." And so, so whenever she's talking about her experience, I think is really amazing because. I don't think she does that very often. That's part of her journey, isn't it? To kind of open up to people and how how her journey in the game makes her do that, I think is beautiful. And and to the point where, and when she also, like lines when she says, you know, um, my affection, affection for me is very small. So when I give it, it's it has great depth. It has great meaning. And actually, I think her affection grows, particularly with people like Carlac, characters like Carlac. Um, and when she, you know, well, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to give anything away, see, for people who haven't played it yet. But yeah, I think I know where you're going. Yeah, I know, you know where you're going with it. Emotional yeah. with that when she's allowed to be emotional and yeah, you know, really feel that. Did you feel that when you're doing that? Because that was very, they're very emotional scenes. Yeah. yeah. It really upset me. <laughs> oh, really? Did it? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's all I can say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you come down from that after you know, that scene? Oh, you just, you, you, you just have a good old hug with everybody in the studio and a good cup of tea. You just, yeah, you just got to yeah. go. You've got to move on to the next thing. Yeah, but right. Yeah, that's why I love what Adam has given me because um, I've been able to go to every every kind of feeling with her. You know, to, it's it's lovely as an actor, and I suppose that it's not it's not that it's an ego boost. It's just that it's really fulfilling to play um, a character where you're trusted by the the writer in the studio that you you can go to the big commanding battle but you can also be you know explore the soft and the gentle and the vulnerable i was allowed to be vulnerable with minthara and i think that was what i really um wanted uh from the get-go i think because i think 
there's vulnerability in everybody. So I was interested in really exploring that with her. Where is hers? Is there any? And there must be some where, you know. But and, and, and because she says things like, um, you know, you have to harness your fear, you know, don't let don't let it be the mind killer. You know, you've got to take it and harness it. So if you're fearful, that means you're frightened inside. So that means you're there's a there's an element of vulnerability in her where she's gone, oh, I, I can't let it eat me. I've got to take it and make it myself strong. And then the journey that you see her go through allows her to just express that vulnerability more and more. And, you know, like when she when she says to the to the player um, after she's rescued what I was talking about before, when she's talking about Orin and how that she finds that frightening that she looked at Orin, you know, and Orin's like a mirror and she did see herself in that, the madness and blood. And I think those sorts of lines were just beautifully done by Adam. I really enjoyed playing those. Have you met Adam? We've never met Dan. And we keep oh. sort of sending each other the odd message over the studio or, you know, on, on, on Twitter. I refuse to call it X. I don't even understand what that means. Oh, um, yeah. Twitter. Um, uh, whereby we're kind of like, yeah, we really must meet one day. You know, we will make it happen. But it's uh, so we've sort of. I don't Hopefully one that. day you can just give each other a hug, you know, and say thank you yeah. to each other, oh, you know. Yeah. And that was what yeah. was so lovely at the party where when, you know, we did meet quite a few of the writers and some of the characters had their writers there. It was absolutely wonderful for them to go, hey, <laughs> you know. And, and Yeah, I saw Neil them. finally. I think yeah, he finally that met. He, cool. That's so special. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, really special. Yeah, really good. Even but after generally. so many years too. I mean, you just can't help but hug. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's been <clears> wonderful. Really, really wonderful. Uh, I think you've touched on this a little bit, but is there any ways you personally related with Minthara? Um, her vulnerability and yeah. her defensiveness. Um, I can get very defensive. It's not so much that you're bringing elements of yourself in, but you're. But I think when you do identify with a character, uh, her awkwardness sometimes I identified with that, and maybe a bit of isolation. I think we've all had all experienced in our lives times when we feel sort of on the outside of things. I could really t- relate to that. Mm. I can relate to her strength, her determination. I uh, I admire her very much. Um, I admire her. I That's what I admire, brave. the determination. Yeah, I think she's brave. She's a brave character. And she's brave not just in kind of going forth and seeking revenge and of what's been done to her by the absolute or or, or Lolth or any of that, but... but, but um, I think she's brave in allowing herself to explore relationships. You mm-hmm. know, to to go, oh, companions. Oh, maybe they are quite useful. That's uh that's interesting. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'll trust you. You know, um I think I think, yeah, learning to trust people um or companions. It's yeah. a big thing in life for all of us. And so I really, I, I relate to that. Um, that's not to say I don't trust people as Emma. I do very much so. But I think I, I can see, you know, I, I have sympathy with people who find that difficult because of things that may have happened to them in life. And so I have a lot of sympathy for that. And I think um, that's one of the reasons why I love Minthara because she's she's willing to. You know? So, yeah, yeah. 
and and I like um I love the fact that she's actually a very passionate character. She's warm. Uh, you see, and th this is another thing, you know, it's it's been so interesting, Dan, since the game was released, watching people's reactions of like, well, no, I'm not going to bother playing her because basically you just have to be an evil cow and, you know, I'm just going <laughs> to... Yeah, I'll, just, I'll just bin her off right from the word go and you go, oh, that's a shame. Oh, you go, no, what are you doing? <laughs> because actually, if you, you know, if you do play her and recruit her, um, she can be a really good companion, I think. It's an interesting journey. Yeah, that's the beauty, but also the on the other hand with this game where, you know, some people do get left behind, you know. You've yeah. got to kind of play favourites a little bit. Um, but, you know, I mean, people can just play it through so many times, can't they? they that's, that's, a, that's another, another thing, yeah. thing about the game is the possibilities are just endless. <laughs> endless. 100%. Um, and, the, and, the, and also... What's great is uh, uh, even reactions like, oh, I would just kill Minthara. You know, th that's a great reaction because that, that's what you want to do. That's cool. You know, you do it, play play the route that you want to go down because there's something for everybody, in other words. You know, the, the the sort of inclusivity and diversity of the game, I think, is is fantastic. You're either unique or not unique. It's <laughs> unique. <laughs> I've also noticed that, the Baldur's Gate cast, a lot of them have theatre experience. Yeah. You know, that, that can't be a coincidence either because there is no. something about theatre that, that lends itself, isn't it, to this type of work. Absolutely, because it is that ability to inhabit a character. So all that training that theatre gives you um, where you're spending weeks with something, really looking into the lines, asking yourself all the things you're trained to do, in acting, like, you know, who, where, what, how, why, when, all those sorts of questions help you create a character, looking at their background, researching where they're from, and that's what's great about D&D &D because there's lots of information out there, so you can take that, let it inspire you, and then, you know, look at what Larian and Pitstop are specifically asking from you um, and keeping to the realms of that as well. Um, uh, I think it's, I think it's invaluable being a theatre actor for the gaming industry. And and absolutely, I know that, that the whole industry is, they want actors, you know, they, they yeah. that's not me disrespecting voice artists at no, all. No, 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 no. Just do that. But I think what I'm saying is um, if you're willing to play, that's, that's, that's what's needed. Um, so it's not surprising to me because games are like mini movies. It's not surprising to me that they want that they're using actors oh gosh one of the most thrilling bits actually i just remembered as well as yeah. i love the bit where um minthara is in front of kethrick um in front of thorn and she's oh. being held dragged off and she's going no and just the buzz for me hearing jk simmons <laughs> say minthara oh my god oh gosh, that's a pinch was, me that's a pinch oh. me isn't it I was like, oh, this is so exciting. <laughs> it's so exciting. I'm excited now. And because I adore him. Oh, I he's am. an absolute legend. Yeah, and, he um, really is. You know, being alongside, and that, that reminds me as well, um, oh, gosh, what's his surname? Doug. Doug Bradley. Yes. Doug Bradley. Did um, a horror novels at Games Workshop 
and he we, we did it. There was myself, another actor, and him narrating these horror stories and we didn't meet but the, <laughs> just seeing my name alongside Doug was just, <laughs> it just things like that are really inspiring you know and like you say I've been doing this a long time but I just get a massive kick out of looking you know when you're working alongside um even if it's independently from them working alongside someone as wonderful as J.K. Simmons or Doug Bradley is just fantastic and I, it gives me a real thrill. <laughs> this ties in nicely, actually. Can you give us some of your favourite films and um, inspirations, Emma? Gosh, favourite films. Um, my favourite film, I have two favourite films of all time. Ooh, okay. Um, one of them, funnily enough, I'm going to see in the cinema next week, and I'm so excited because I've never seen it in the cinema, and that's... Um, Powell and Pressburger's A Matter of Life and Death. A um, Matter of David, Life and Death. It's absolutely glorious, most glorious film. And my other, alongside that, my other favourite film would be It's a Wonderful Life. Absolute um, classic, yeah. Which I, I just love. But I also love, um, I'm, a, I'm a big horror fan, as I said, and I love The Babadook. I'm absolutely crazy. film, yeah. Oh my gosh, I think that director is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Director. She's brilliant. Yeah. She's extraordinary. And um so I really like that. I'll, um I'm I'm also <laughs> Jennifer Kent, of, by the way, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic director. That film is extraordinary on so many levels. I also love American comedies. I'm a real sucker for American comedies. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm a big Will Ferrell fan, and um, I love things like Anchorman and uh, you know The Hangover and stuff like that. Just crazy, yeah. mad stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of Seth Rogen stuff and Jason Bateman stuff. I just love Office Christmas Party, that kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I, I like. I really love film. I really, really love film, and I love. I love Scorsese's work, obviously, uh, in Goodfellas and stuff. I haven't seen his but new flow film yet. I want to see it. See yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I really enjoyed recently. I think it's a fantastic film. Is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Um, yeah, brilliant. Quentin, yeah, Tarantino. Yeah. Brad Pitt's best work. I think it's a phenomenal film. So. Yeah, there are so many wonderful, wonderful films. I really love cinema, and I really, really love radio. So, I, uh, inspirations. Oh gosh, do it could be anyone. They don't have to be actors, you know. So, do you mean a person, Dan? Yeah, it could be. It could be anything. Anything that comes to mind. Well, I think I found those films that I've mentioned inspirational. Certainly, when I was little. Seeing Definitely. It's Wonderful Life, seeing Fred Astaire. I used to watch a lot of Fred Astaire movies because they used to be shown on BBC Two every Saturday afternoon. And I loved that. And I also loved the 70s um, dramas that we had. When 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 drama was king in the 70s, you'd have great long series like Love for Lydia and um, Dennis Potter plays and things like that. The telly was always showing those and you don't get so much of that now. But um mm. I loved all of those kind of series. Why didn't they ask Evans? Gosh, I'm really showing my age now, but <laughs> I loved them. They were very inspirational to me. Um, watching, 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 watching. 
and also I I adore I find I find performers really inspiring. I loved it, um, the Good Life, for example. I love I love Penelope Keith. I'm a huge Penelope Keith fan. But I also also find inspiring people like Demi Moore. You know, I love Demi Moore. I don't know why. Yeah. I just love. <laughs> yeah, I I loved GI Jane, and I I just think she <laughs> is beautiful. So there's it depends, doesn't it? I mean, I'm yeah. inspired by different things. You but know, that's good that you've got a variety. I think that's that's a good thing to have variety. a good variety of. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And um and I love I love I love I'm inspired by all my friends who are in the business, be they writers or be they actors or you know, or I'm inspired by gardening. I'm a big gardener. I absolutely love gardening. So if I need to kind of get rid of stuff out of my head if I've been recording all day, there's nothing finer than going for a brilliant walk in in mountains or getting into your garden and just nature. getting stuck in yeah oh, i love it it's just really calming and grounding and centering getting into plants. what's your garden look like at the moment is it i'm, I'm guessing there's packing up for winter <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah um it's looking a bit windswept i need to get out there um, I've really, you've been I've really a bit got, busy yeah it's been a bit busy i've, I've really got into growing um salads and herbs and 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 my own vegetables and oh, you got, you're sort of self-sustaining a little bit yeah a little bit I, I really like self-sufficiency and i think the way the world's going uh we probably need to get into more of it um yeah. but i love flowers too and um i love dahlias and i'm kind of mentioning kind of really irrelevant things but um <laughs> i find it really i find it really inspiring Really that's a, that's amazing. All right, well, couple... I grew up in the country. Grew up in the country. So oh, did you? So you're not a city. You're not a I city girl. Both worlds. I had the best of both worlds. I would. I grew up in the country, but I also spent um, most of my holidays in the city as well in London. Um, so I'm. Uh, they they both in my heart very firmly. So I'm guessing your city now because of work. City now, yeah, but on the outskirts. So um, okay. The way that the way the industry is, not everything has to be city centric all the time. So that's quite. Do you have a booth at home? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. And finally, spoilers, guys. Would you yourself save Minthara? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, well, how did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> of course. Yes, I would. I would save her. Um, but I'll have to see, won't I, when I start playing? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I love the fact that people are going, oh, I've played it, I've played the good path through, now I'm doing really enjoying the dark path, you know, all this sort of thing. So uh, that's interesting. I guess so. I have to, don't I, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I just want to say um, on behalf of everyone, you you did an absolutely phenomenal job on this. Um, congratulations. You were fantastic. And uh, I really hope we get to see more of her in, in some way, you know. I'd, I'd really love that. I think a lot of people would too. Yeah. Me too, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm I'm really grateful. Thank you so much. And and. <clears throat> Thank you to everybody. You know, it's just it's it's a real honor to do this. And it's really lovely that everybody's getting so much from 
the character and the game as a whole. And um, I'm very grateful and um, sending lots and lots of love back to everybody because everyone's just being so kind and so supportive. And yeah, let's, let's keep, let's keep, let's keep the love going guys. And you've got a Comic-Con this Friday. Comic-Con coming up on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. A lot of Baldur's Gate people there. Um, I'm there on Friday if people want to come say hello. And um, That's in London? That's in London. We may be doing the Welsh Comic-Con, not quite sure when that's happening, but hopefully we'll be, you know, or if not all of us, but, but some of us dotted around at various conventions and stuff. So, yeah, we'll just have to see what the new year brings. As well. I hope they get you guys down to Australia because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of fans down here, let, let me tell you. <laughs> a lot of fans. Oh, that, wouldn't that be amazing? Mm. Dan, you get that organised. I will. I'll, I'll call a few people. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if not, I'll have to make my own Comic-Con. Um, <laughs> yeah. <good idea. laughs> That would be what do I need? A couple of mil to get it started? Just well, a nice <laughs> convention center, good hotel. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Yeah. So, is there anything else you want to say to the fans? I mean, you've got you've got cameo, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you doing Extremely. any signings? Extremely. Um, yeah, that will be happening. Um, just thank you. I I, I I'm so humbled by it all and um really loving the fact that people are taking the character to their hearts and again all these things sound so kind of worthy actory but I'm I really mean it and um you know keep it that's as I say I I love if I can communicate with people on 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 Twitter and stuff you know obviously I I will and uh but uh I'm just really 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 grateful it's wonderful. So let's keep having fun with it all. Get a cameo because your cameos are really great. I mean, I've seen a couple <laughs> of them. They're fantastic. Uh, they really I really love doing them. I, I'm really enjoying it. I, I know I'm sort of taking a couple of little breaks, but sometimes when you're really busy, um, it's quite difficult to keep them going sometimes because people people send in the most amazing kind of requests. And I really want to honor that, you know, and I don't just want to go, hi, yeah, it's me. I think that's boring. And you know that's not fair for people so i try to you want to put effort in yeah really really think about it yeah and come up with with the things that they want so um sometimes that's not possible uh, but most of the time it is and um i'm really enjoying them so thank you yeah keep them going beautiful well thank you so much for today i've kept you longer than i said but oh. i appreciate i appreciate it very oh. very much um, before I let you go, can can Minthara say anything to Dan to wrap this one up? <laughs> Dan, it is enough. I have given you enough of my time. <laughs> Adam, what else to say? Adam, where are you? <laughs> I know, Adam. We need you now. That was good. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, thank Emma, you. appreciate it.